Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. You know, we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Sherrington. That's my name. I know my name. It's always good when you can I've been start pra- off like that. I, I've been practicing my name now for six, almost 62 years. I'm pretty good at it, I think. Uh, and joining me in the studio today is our old buddy David Moore. David, how are you? I'm doing well. Is this a little disconcerting for you that you're having to gaze into my eyes rather than <laughs> Evan Grant's? I, I, I want to make a, a, a correction there. I'm not gazing into anybody's <laughs> eyes except for the lovely spouses, Okay. <laughs> Uh, plural was that plural <laughs> i think he said spouses spouses eyes it was a possessive oh there we yeah go. okay sure yeah I'm, I'm i'm mr grammatically correct here <laughs> so uh so anyway david uh and evan, evan will be joining us on the on our rangers podcast uh, oh he, he will yes he will he's wow. out, he's out in seattle uh watching the the rangers uh screw up games uh, against uh the mariners <laughs> Um, so David, today you had a, a, a very, really good column today about, uh, about our, our old pal, Des Bryant. And so did you say a rarely good column? Uh, well, <laughs> that was implied. You inferred that. And so I think that was, you, you took that very well. Um, the, uh, you know, it's, it's funny to me, uh, to watch this Des Bryant situation and, and I don't want to overstate this, uh, because there are a lot of people who will say, well, he'll go somewhere and he'll do just fine. You watch. He'll go back. He'll, he'll find a quarterback who can throw in that back shoulder fade, and, and he'll be great. I, I just don't see that. And what I see developing here is uh, I, I would never call it a tragedy. It's not a tragedy when guys are playing sports for a living and having a gar- <laughs> making a lot yeah. of money at it. Nothing that happens yeah. to you out there is a tragedy unless it's death or, or an awful injury. Uh, but – I just don't see it working out for him. I, I, and for a number of reasons, and I want to get into all that now, but before I do that, I want to ask you, uh, just kind of you lay the groundwork on the, on your column and what you wrote today. Well, the column was just that we're entering week seven here since the release, and uh, there's still no viable future employer on the horizon at the moment. Uh, he will be employed. Uh, there's no question about that. But this also, again, I think this is a this is a readjustment for a lot of people who went, oh, he was mistreated. What are the Cowboys doing? This is this is a problem with Dak more than it is Dez. Uh, this guy still has it. Uh, he's not the problem. On and on and on. Which you have a very vocal uh, support group in place for Dez Bryant and feel that he has done absolutely nothing wrong here. He is still an elite player. And uh, it's the Cowboys and everyone else who have done him wrong. But at this point, I think even those people have to step back and go, look, we can talk about the poor timing of of the release and the late release played a lot into this. And it did. It was April 13th. Right. Uh, You don't want to diminish that. But all of that being said, if this was the impact receiver that all of his supporters claimed don't you think that some way, somehow, a team would have them in place by now? 
And the answer is yes. And right. that, now, this isn't a rip of Des Bryant because that's, I still think he's a very good receiver, and, and I think he's, uh, he's not an elite receiver anymore and hasn't been for several years in my mind, but he's still a very good receiver and, and can help a team. So this isn't a knock of him, but this is just, I, I think, uh, uh, the, open the eyes, if you will, of some of his more fervent supporters who refuse to acknowledge that he's at fault in any reason in the release. And... Uh, and, and and then the other point I brought up is, you know, a, a lot of people, re- reflection is a wonderful thing, but not everyone is built for it. Right. Uh, you know, some athletes reflect, uh, analyze their game and go, okay, this is what I need to do better in the offseason. This is where I need to work to improve my game. Other athletes abhor that. Uh, get as far away from that as they can because they look at it more as questioning your game, undercutting your confidence, and removing what it is that makes you special. If you acknowledge that I need to work on this or I need to do that or where did I go wrong, that is the that is the erosion of confidence that is going to impact your game. And I think we've seen enough of Des Bryant through the years to know that he falls in category two. He's behind door number two on that one, not the first door. And I go back to uh, 2014, which is when they franchised him. And he worked on his own away from the team before he signed his new deal heading into training camp. He came into training camp out of shape. Uh, he was clearly a different player and then broke his foot in the first game and stuff, you know, endured his worst season. And my question is, now that we're on seven weeks where he hasn't had this structure and he hasn't had this discipline imposed on him from the team, which he's always craved on some level, is he doing the things he needs to do to be ready once he does get that inevitable call? And some team is going to sign him. Um, and, and that to me, that's a really legitimate question at this point. Absolutely. And, and here's what uh, my feeling about Des is in all of this is that, uh, and we saw a little bit of that last year. You don't have to see, you know, of course he was here long enough and, and we, we know kind of pretty much what his psyche is like. But late in the season when he was asked about, you know, well, Des, how do you feel about all this? And, and you, you know, the, the hesitation he showed, well, Okay, you know, maybe this is some of my fault. And then, then he, and he back, then he backs up on it, and he, and he goes back and forth. And clearly, in his mind, he's wrestling with all of this. Yes, and and I think so. That shows you the the doubt that's there. Mm-hmm. But of course, he sees everybody telling him, "Des, you're the greatest ever," just as you said. And so, so he's struggling with that too. And and I really feel like. Listen, the reason for me that Dez hasn't been picked up by somebody, even though the Ravens tried to, to sign him. And, and he turned down a deal from the Ravens, which would have been about $7 million a year and had some incentives built in, is yeah, my understanding. which sounds like a pretty good deal. And to me, it would have been a great place for him to go. Yes. Uh, uh, is that um, I think in Dez's mind, if, if he were to be completely honest with you, this is br- this has broken his heart that the Cowboys have let him go, that, that this is the place he wants to, to be. Where he has been, where he became a superstar, you know, for three years. And he was a great player and certainly a cowboy favorite and looked like a guy who would be one of the all-time cowboy greats. And uh, and that allowed him to be who he wanted to be, Mm -hmm. you know. And and as we've said before, and and you have written many times, uh, you know, the Cowboys uh, gave him a a loose set of parameters there. And they, they didn't really enforce any kind of discipline on him. And they let him be who he wanted to be. But that 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 player is 
I think one of the reasons why teams are not jumping up to get him. They 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 know that player. They've sure. seen that player, and they've seen and they watch film on him, and they see he doesn't run the, the routes correctly. And so it's not like it's one thing if you're a, a a guy who's a little bit of an emotional disturbance on the sidelines, but boy, he's a professional once he steps mm-hmm. across the line. You know, Michael Irvin was a little bit of that, very much of that. Yeah, and and, and so uh, there was no question of what Michael was going to mm-hmm. do on the field or on the practice field. Um, what he did off of that, that's a completely different animal. So I just really feel like that teams are looking at all that uh, and they see the baggage uh, and they wonder about the production at this point because they'll take they'll take a chance on the uh, on the baggage if the production's still sure. there. No question. Every there are plenty of teams that'll do that. What we're seeing here now is that 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 uh, I think teams are looking at both of these issues and wondering about what what it's going to be. And I think uh, furthermore that that's in Dez's mind. I do not think that Dez really in his heart of hearts believes that I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to show the Cowboys. I, I, I just really don't feel that. I, I think if he'd have really felt that, he'd have taken that, that Ravens deal and he would have run with that. Cause it, here's all right. So now mm-hmm. I'm in, I've got, I've got a job and now I'm in, and now I'm just going to be pre- uh, preparing for that. And I'm really going to go all out here. And I, and I'm just not seeing that from him. Well, and again, you're to the point now where all of the teams in the league are in their off-season programs, where they're going through installing plays they're going to use during the year. Anyone who's not in with a team right now and winds up with them in training camp is going to be behind in the system. Now, yes. you can say Dez is a veteran, but it's going to be a different system. There are going to be different keys. There are going to be different routes. And as we've talked about, uh, he doesn't have an expansive route tree. And, no. and how he runs routes is part of the question. And you want to build a rapport with a new quarterback. What have we heard about him and Dak? Through the, oh, well, they just need to work on the rapport in the offseason. So he's not working on a rapport with any quarterback in this league. Right. Uh, he's not on the team. He's not there day in, day out, getting to know them, getting to know the playbook. Um, so, you know, so again, that tells you right there that teams are saying, you know what, we want to see what we have with who we have in place, and we believe we can get by without paying him the money. Now, at the end of you know organized team activities or mini camp, someone could go, you know what. Our receiving core isn't as good as we thought it is, so let's go ahead and sign him and bring him in. Training camp is enough time for him to get acclimated. I get that. But the other part of it is, really, in some ways, he's just been reduced to a 29-year-old vulture sitting there waiting for a, a key receiver to suffer an injury, uh, either in the off-season program or early in training camp. And, you know, if he's not with the team when camp starts, again, he w- he will play this year. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to be on a team this year. But if he's not signed with the team at this point, you have to say everyone's just sitting there going, well, he's our plan B. And at some level, instinctively, while you may not want to accept that, Des has to recognize that, well, if I'm as good as I'm saying I am, someone would have signed me by now. Someone would, you know, I would have had more overtures than I've had. Absolutely. And, I, and, and see, here's the issue with all that, too. Just because he's going to be signed with somebody does not mean he's going to have a great bounce back year. 
you know, that's a completely different animal to expect him. That's eroding this. Yeah, his ability to have a great bounce back year is being hurt by the fact he's not with the team right now. Right. And 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 we saw the fact that in two years there was no rapport with Dak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, and I'm not going to say that that's not some of uh, of Dak's fault too. I, I do think it's it's some of Dak's fault. He's a, he's a you know strictly from the standpoint he's a young quarterback sure. trying to develop, uh, thrown right into the fire. Uh, mm-hmm. How many times do we see that? You know, and 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 for all these fans who are deciding to blame it all on Dak, listen, I I understand Dak's shortcomings, and and some of those things are showed up last year that were one of the reasons why he was a fourth round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's look at his record in two years in the league. Sure, uh, how, how many guys come out of the gate first two years in the league and and put up that what what's so that was uh, Ben Roethlisberger's like the only one who's done better. Yeah, and then over the stretch, and and that's how he finished last year too. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So I, you know the things that you, you when we've talked about making the team more you know Dak friendly. Um, I was in a discussion the other day with somebody when we were talking about. Uh, so, what do you what do you think is the future for Dak? And I, and you know, I guess it was on a chat. And you know, will he be? Will he still get a big contract if the Cowboys don't have a big year? And I said, he'll still get a contract. Now, whether how big it is, I don't know. Sure. You know, that that's that's the only question for me. The, for the Cowboys to think that they would give up on Dak Prescott after three years uh, in the league uh, and, and not feel like that he was their quarterback of the future is just insane to me. He's shown you all the kind of things that you want. You know, uh, there's some fundamental technical issues, I think, uh, in his delivery that would, would help him on, on throwing balls and being more accurate. But he just brings so many other things to the, to the table. No question. To, to me that, that, that uh, yeah, this is the kind of guy you want as your quarterback. And if it means that that you're separating yourself from a guy who clearly is on the, the downward trend of his career and is not the kind of guy who makes it easier for this quarterback – then, then to me, that it's a no. Plus, he was gonna. Well, that's the other the thing. Cap hit was gonna. Yeah, be mo- most of this is more on on Dak. I get it, but but why can't Dez do things to make it easier on Dak? Right. And not drop leading the league in drops is probably one pretty good place. <laughs> yeah, to that's start. A, that's a that's a, a kind of a, a real ding on your on yeah. the record. And, and that's what I've never. And, and this is why uh, the the discussion on uh, Dez always gets so emotional with so many people and. And I just don't understand it because no one is saying he's a bad receiver or he can't play in the league. They're just pointing out his shortcomings and that he's not an elite receiver. You can be a good receiver and not an elite receiver, and that's not a knock. But, you know, there are so many people who say that, oh, Dez is great. He's, you know, he's the spark that offense needed, and he's, you know, he's never been the problem that – it kind of moves the lines on the arguments to there's no there's no middle ground. Right. You know, it's either like, oh, this guy is an outstanding receiver. What are you talking about? It's, it's, the, it's the coaching staff's fault for not using him correctly. It's the quarterback's fault for not throwing him the ball the right way. And it, it goes from that. And so many of those people act like if you bring up any, you know, rebuttal as well, there is this or that or, you know, he's he's culpable from this standpoint – you're completely trashing the guy. Right. And it, there, there's just these it, – it's much like Dez's personality himself. They're just these, you know, dramatic swings in in perception. And there's – like there's no middle ground. And there's – in my mind, there's a lot of middle ground with Dez Bryant. But, but too few people recognize it because they're arguing 
uh, the the polar opposites so often. You know, I, 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 and you're right. I don't really have a, the, the middle ground for me. To, for for me, this was an easy decision. Uh, it, it was only an emotional. The only thing it was easy it was surprising because I thought Dal- the Cowboys and Daz were in a dysfunctional relationship, and I thought that. Dallas was so deep in that relationship, they would try to find a way to right. to cobble this together and make it work. But but that's the only reason I thought there was a chance the two would stay together. If you divorced yourself from it and just looked at it from the outside, it made perfect sense to do this. Well, it, it, what it smacks of is a Jimmy Johnson-like decision to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, you, you remember when Jimmy was here, he, you know, a third-round draft pick isn't, isn't working out, he's gone. Mm-hmm. He's out. And, you know, most clubs are like, oh, we can't get rid of a third-rounder. You know, we got to at least give this guy a year mm-hmm. to try to make the team and see what he can do. Jimmy made cold-blooded decisions, and to me, that this was a cold-blooded decision uh, to let Dez go because clearly, in two years, no rapport had been built with Dak. No. With Dak, there was none. And so, if this was going to be your your quarterback of the future, which clearly he is, uh, it'd be one thing if if Dez had just before you know he'd gotten here. Des would, or, or Des had shown everything that he needed to be. Des no. had always been a hard worker and always had been a guy who who ran the right routes, and you could you mm-hmm. could employ him. You could have a very varied uh, route tree with him. You, you, a Larry Fitzgerald resurgence uh, late in his career, something because like yes, a technician there, of the game, not just a talent. There's something like that I would think about, but here the bottom line is. Quarterbacks supersede wide receivers. Yes. That's just the way it works. Yes. And when you got one you think is your guy, you just go find another wide receiver. And again, the past now there were other elements, I understand this, but not without breaking it down completely. The passing game was better in Dak's rookie season than it was last season. Right. What happened in his rookie season? Des Bryant was the third leading receiver on the team. The slot right. receiver and the tight end were the two top targets. Absolutely. Uh, now, you also had Jason Witten's decline last year. I mean, there, there were other factors going on. Elliott was out of the mix for six games, which is huge. But go back those first eight games when Elliott was still here before the suspension started and look at what they did in back-to-back losses, which, which really defined their season. If they would have come out of the Rams and Packers game with a split, I think they would have made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But they lost both. But they scored over, what, they scored over 30 points, yeah. 31 points in both games. They right. were The offense was really moving pretty well. It was after that when Elliott went out, when it was clear, and uh, Tyron Smith went out against that Atlanta game where it was clear they didn't have uh, the line uh, issues reared its head there. And then I think it took them a couple of games to correct. But while he didn't look great, Dak Prescott corrected late in the season, and and they won some games. In fact, some blame them for losing games they shouldn't, yeah. winning games they shouldn't have won Absolutely. to hurt their draft position. But and, and here's the other thing too that this fascinates me with with Des Bryant. And, and look, he was that, that th- three year stretch, 2011-2014. Uh, that's the best stretch of any receiver in Cowboys history. Right, most dominant stretch of any receiver in Cowboys history. And and you don't take away from that, and, and you shouldn't. But you have to look on what hap- has happened on either side of it as well. And here's the other thing. All these people are so adamant that, that uh, uh, the organization doesn't know what it's doing by letting Daz go and how can you do this. It doesn't care about winning. Well, how many playoff games have they won with Daz Bryant? Right. Now, you always throw it on the quarterback. But, again, I, I'm, I'm baffled by this whole thing of uh, Daz can do no wrong. But then when you talk about, well, they haven't had playoff success – Oh well, that's not his fault. That's right. uh, this coaches. That's the quarterback. It's not him. Well, you know, Des has had three playoff games. Uh, 
in two of the playoff games, he's been held under 45 yards. Two of the three playoff games, he was held under 45 yards receiving. Uh, you know, you were paying Dez to step up to make plays at key moments to help you win games. And those two playoff games, he didn't. His best playoff game was uh, against Green Bay when they lost. Right. Um, and, you know, so what, what tangibly can you point to to say this team can't win if it doesn't have Des Bryant? You, you don't. I mean, the evidence just isn't there. He put up remarkable numbers. I think it's going to be more difficult for them to move the ball at certain points now than it was before. Um, but really not this past season because a large part of why they became predictable was because they were trying to get the ball to Des. I thought that it was pretty clear in the games where they all right, we're gonna we're gonna force this issue here, and it just seemed to it, it seemed to destroy the chemistry uh, of their yeah. offense to me when they would do that. And and, that, and that's, I think a lot of that the other receivers weren't, you know, oh well, they're not getting weren't that, playing that well either. No. And Elliott was out, and so then but then you go, you know what? We have to go to our playmaker, and they went to their playmaker, and he didn't produce plays. What more evidence do you need? I just don't, you know, the, the thing that always gets me when in the argument is that people will say, well, they don't have a, a number one receiver without him. And it's like, and when we would say that Alan Hearns, he's not a number one receiver, let's compare Alan Hearns' numbers the, the last couple of years with Des Bryant. identical numbers. over the last three. Yeah. They are. So uh, to me, it's it's not a question of replacing number one receiver yards. You're, it's a question of, of replacing the, the yards he's been posting and catches he's been posting the last yeah. three years. And you can't tell me that this year that the combination of Alan Hearns and Michael Gallup, their third-round pick, that those two receivers won't produce more yards and touchdowns than Des Bryant did alone last year. Uh, you just can't. They're, they're going to exceed that number. And uh, so you replace it. You don't have to replace it with one person. Now, there will be times, look, it, you, the other issue you run into is when you have no one established and when you don't have an established number one receiver uh, and your offense bogs down, how do you get your offense going? You know, you right. you usually need to have one thing that you can turn to, and 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 now, one of those things was always Witten, and to uh, a decaying level, Des Bryant still was. So you're taking away two of the spots you went to in your passing game, right? When things were struggling to see, okay, well, he, we can go here for a first down, or if we can just get him going, get him the ball a little bit, the defense will back off. You don't have that now. You're going to have to have – it's going to be – and it's going to rotate from game to game. It really is. But but look around the league. There are a lot of receivers who um, – well, you, you can go week to week in the NFL. One receiver will, for a team will have a 120, 130-yard game with two touchdowns. What does he do the next week? He catches right. three balls for 42 yards because you you moved over to the other receiver because the defense was taking him away. Right. And and I think it'll be interesting to watch for me, too, because Alan Hearns uh, played a lot at slot. Uh, yeah, and uh, And so here's a guy that I think they're not going to play him as much at slot, obviously, with the Cowboys, but I bet they do. Sure. And I bet they move him around, which you couldn't do with Dez, uh, and they will move him around more at different positions and see what he can do and present. That would certainly, in the red zone, of a slot receiver that size uh, to put him in, it would really present a different element uh, for the Cowboys. So there, there will be a lot of things that uh, that are going to the package here. I, I'm not saying that they will be better without Dez. I don't think they'll be any worse, frankly. I think there will be some adjustments to to see 
what happens with uh, without having Jason Witten there and uh, certainly the development of tight end. I think that's a bigger story for me than it is a wide receiver. Who's going who's gonna to step forward and, and pick up the bulk of the catches that Jason Witten made? And maybe you don't do it with the two tight end sets as much. Maybe you go more four wide receivers, four and five wide receivers, which you haven't done as much. And then now suddenly you have like, you know, Beasley and Hearns are in essence the slot and then you have two receivers outside of that so I mean they're going to be and and don't forget Tavon Austin how you're going to use him so the the creativity and defense is not being able to lock on to any one defender and and uh, you know offensive player excuse me and not knowing what the Cowboys offensive tendencies are defenses will have no idea what the Cowboys offensive tendencies are now because you take Witten out you take Des Bryant out, what is it? It's right. going to take a while into the season before coordinators can go, okay, this is what they do in this situation. This is what they'll do uh, you know, 42% of the time on, on third and five. Uh, you're not going to have that early, I don't think. I mean, other than hand the ball to Elliott if it's right. within a certain framework. But I think that's – and I think that fits Dak's scheme. No question. Much better because, you know, that was the thing I, my, my initial takeaway from him his rookie season was – my gosh, he's just thrown to the open guy. Yeah, you know that's why Cole Beasley. You know why is Cole that's Beasley why become the favorite team coach? Yeah. Because he's open. You know, and that's yeah. and that's Dak's deal. He does not want to force the ball anywhere. He wants to throw it to the open guy. And well, you know what? A, what a concept, right? And so, what did defenses do last year? They focused on Cole Beasley, right? And Jason Witten because they knew they were like their best route runners and would get open the most. And they and then they were going okay. And just singling everyone else, and the guys weren't able to get open. And what does that tell you that that uh, for all the as you the point you made earlier about uh, about Des that he was being single covered so much and a still lot. not producing a lot. You know when you when you're being single covered, yes, and you're supposed to be a star receiver and you're still not producing. What does that say? Mm-hmm. I think that I think there were some announcers and people who who chosen to to take the high road with Des and all this and not and not commented on that fact uh, that yeah. they uh that that's the, the issue with him. All right, uh David, we're going to we're going to be <laughs> I just got a, a a text message from Evan, you know, uh, telling me we'd be calling him and this is his reply. Yes. It's all good, dog. Be blessed. That's certainly fitting his personality. Yeah, it does. He's uh, he's clearly uh, been partaking of some of the uh, delights of Seattle out there. Wow. Okay. So uh, that wraps up our, our Cowboys podcast, talking about Dez. We're going to be out there in the, the OTs run, uh, OTAs run uh, this week and next week. And next week, and then uh, mini camp the week after that, and yeah. then a month break before the start of training camp. How about that? I bet you're going to enjoy that month break, aren't you, David? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I think more than maybe. So for everybody in here and everybody out there, thanks for listening. Come on back. We'll see you. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.